Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bar Fights. This is Sarah Klein, and I am so happy to be here. It's been a couple weeks. I took a couple weeks off. I had a lot going on, all good stuff, Um, but I took a couple weeks, and I am coming back more excited than ever with an awesome guest. And I know I say that every week, but today I have with us someone who is fighting the fight when it comes to victims' rights. And I get asked all the time, what can I do? How can we change things? How can we improve things? This person today, Ms. Meg Garvin, is going to tell us. Meg is the executive director of the National Crime Victim Law Institute, and she is a law professor at Lewis and Clark Law School. She's a huge leading expert on victims' rights. She's testified in front of Congress, legislatures, so on and so forth. She'll tell us all the great stuff she's done. But this guest today is going to give us that how. How can we do better in our own communities? How can we, the average person listening to this, how can we help? Um, and, And how can we do better for our community? So Meg, welcome to Bar Fights. Thanks, Sarah. I'm super excited to be here and welcome back. I'm glad you took some time time away from this to do yeah. other things too. I know life is busy, but it's all good. All good. So I'm happy to be back on the show. Can you give our listeners just a little bit of context about what victims rights even means and why are they important? Sure. So victims' rights, and and I'm going to pause here and be kind of a little like, it'll seem really narrow, but I promise it's not. Um, Victims' rights, everyone, if you can, think about how you would spell it. And um, because that'll tell you what it's about. So if you spell victims' rights and there's not an apostrophe, you got it wrong. So victims' rights, if you have an apostrophe, right, in the English language, the apostrophe means possession. You own it. So victims' rights are about a victim owning rights in the criminal justice case. So from investigation through prosecution, they have rights. And those rights exist in law, statutes, state constitutions, everywhere in this country. So no matter where you are listening, if you are within the United States, you have rights if you or a loved one or a friend are a victim of crime. And those rights mean that they're supposed to mean, at least during the criminal case, folks have to ask you about things. Like, do you want to know? What do you want to know about the case? Do you want to be present during certain hearings? Do you want to talk to the judge? Do you not want to talk to the judge? It's all about victims' rights at their core, all about the victim being a participant in their own case. That's fundamentally what they are. I love that. And so... (laughs) How often do we see that work? <laughs> you know, yes. elephant in the room. So how does that work, right? 
Absolutely. Right. I mean, more often than not, we're still in the phase where more often than not, the rights are violated rather than afforded Mm -hmm. because culturally we all, we all have this image of criminal justice where it is the defense attorney and the prosecutor, right? Even, even the defendant, sometimes the accused, right? We think more sometimes about their attorney than them, but then it's the defendant, the defense attorney and the prosecutor. And we always think of the victim as somehow being with the prosecutor, Yeah, the prosecutor, they're not their lawyer. They have a job and their job is a duty owed to our community, to our, to the public, to seek justice in the way they define it, not in the way a survivor defines it. So really very often the rights are violated and, and that's what, so my agency, the National Crime Victim Law Institute, we are all about changing that culture. We're all about saying, could you please stop or slow down and ask, where is a victim? What do they want? And we're trying to do that by making sure the victim has a lawyer. Yeah. Simple, right? <laughs> you, th- you, would, you would think, but more often than not, as you said, it doesn't work like that. I love what you said, which is it's critical. And, and I don't think I even realized it until I got into doing the work that I'm doing, which is in a criminal case, the prosecutor represents the state. The victim is not represented in their own trial, you know, more often than not. And I think that's critical. And so when we come into play, the civil team, right, we're representing the survivor oftentimes for the first time. Um, And so I love that. And I think that's something that the average person doesn't quite realize, right? Yeah, you're so right. I mean, and why, why would you realize it until if for if you haven't had to go through the system, which I hope folks haven't, but we know many have, you would have no idea because popular culture, TV, doesn't show us anything else, right? It shows us that the prosecutor is really the only person that even might be close to helping the victim. And they just have a different job. And it's an important job. Yeah. Totally important job. But it is not about the victim and their personal interests. A hundred percent. And, and I am speaking for, from sort of the red carpet experience that I got going through Nassar, where we had a prosecutor, Angela Povolitis, who was phenomenal. And I think even going through that process, we all thought she represented us because she was so lovely and so caring and so trauma informed. Um, But that's not usually the case. There are amazing prosecutors out there and they are doing wonderful jobs. However, their job description is not to represent the victim. Um, And then you've got the defendant who has a lawyer representing them. Um, And so that's how you can sometimes see things go horribly wrong in, in the system. So tell us about what you do and in what exactly are you doing to make this experience better for the survivor going through the process? Because we want people to report, right? We want, we, we want to encourage survivors to come forward. However, we don't want them to be met with an excruciatingly painful, complicated legal process. Yeah, I mean, you you absolutely nailed it, which is right. We want we want folks to report. We want anyone harmed to to report. 
right? And we want that because data shows us that offenders don't usually offend just once, right? We know that there are serial perpetrators of all types of crimes. So if we're going to disrupt violence in our communities, we have to have knowledge. We have to have reporting so that we can disrupt violence. So we want survivors to report, but right now it's really challenging because my honest answer if a survivor talks to me is here are all the things that could be harmful to you if you go through the system. Now do you want to go through when it's a hard conversation? So the National Crime Victim Law Institute, one of the things that we are really focused on is what does it look like when a survivor is actually empowered to make choices during the criminal justice process from time of harm all the way through post-conviction, so after trial. And if you analyze our justice system right now, the best way to have a survivor be able to make choices is if you have a lawyer. So the National Crime Victim Law Institute works to pair survivors with trauma-informed lawyers who will represent them, not necessarily on the civil case, right? Because we know that's its own expertise, but victims' rights lawyers who will just walk with them during the criminal case. And that means a lawyer who will pay attention to, hey, was a subpoena issued for their cell phone? Maybe maybe the victim doesn't want to give their cell phone, but the prosecutor isn't focused on quashing or stopping that subpoena. So the victim's lawyer could do that. Does the victim really want to go by pseudonym and no one, you know, not their real name, but no one's fighting for that? The victim's lawyer would do that. So it's a lawyer who would walk with them, explain the system to them in an attorney-client privileged way and really help protect their rights. And so we try to pair victims with lawyers. And what we do in addition is we make sure that there's training for those lawyers because it's not any lawyer, right? Um, Any lawyer can learn how to do this work, but it is it is a specialty. You have to be trauma-informed. You have to understand what your role is versus the prosecutor versus the defense attorney. So we say, we'll train you. And then the last thing we do is we kind of hold their hand. Um, And what I mean by that is we coach them. We'll always have one of our lawyers paired with them as they represent a survivor. So you can pick up the phone and always have a second opinion. You can have someone doing research with you. Basically, we try to give survivors access to no cost lawyers who are the top of the field. Okay. I have the chills. (laughs) Where have you been all my life, Meg? Seriously. (laughs) I mean, wow. It's that buffer. It's that person who can say to the survivor, I've got this. Let me find this out. Let me explain this in kindergarten terms because you didn't go to law school and why should you even know what this means, right? It's that buffer, that go-between who can sort of carry that load um, when you, survivor, can be focusing on the task at hand, whether that be testifying or going through, you know, interviews or whatever you're going through, you can focus on that and let somebody else carry that weight for you. That's incredible. How do people get paired with you? Are you only in your state? Are you all over the country? How does this work? So um, I'm excited by it too. I've been doing the work for almost 20 years now and I still get excited because uh, to get to do the work is just the best law job you could ever ask for. Um, or I thought I had the best law job. (laughs) Sorry. I totally do. I totally do. So we are based in Portland, Oregon, um, but we work nationally. So last year we worked with advocates and attorneys in 42 States. Wow. Um, And our, and our hope is 
that we actually will every year work in all 50 states that will have pro bono, meaning volunteer lawyers in every state. That's the vision. Like that's that's the gold standard. And then the long-term gold standard is that I never have to exist, right? Like that we work ourselves <laughs> yes. out of a job yes. because, because the rights become so much um, of a no duh. Like I can't say yeah. it any better than that. Like we just yeah. want the rights to be a no duh where everyone just abides them. But for now, um, yeah, we work all over the country um, and our website, you can find lots of information. Um, so it, it's our initials. So National Crime Victim Law Institute. So ncvli.org. You can find lots of information and then we will um, uh, help connect survivors with pro bono attorneys. That's incredible. And so what would you say to the person driving to work right now, listening to this, who says, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I want to help. What can I do? How can I get involved? Because God forbid, if that's ever my kid or, you know, my friend's kid or my friend, I want to do my part. How do people do their part? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because I do think too often we think it's, oh, it's about the courtroom. It's about the lawyer. It, it's actually about community, right? And so I often do this exercise. So I'm going to ask every listener to try to do the exercise with us, right? So um, I'm going to ask, so Sarah, I'll have you do it with me. I'm okay. going to have you fill in the blank in response to what I say. So, um, and and everyone listening, do it at the same time. Okay. So um you, Sarah, unfortunately have been pulled over by law enforcement and are under arrest. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to fill in the blank. Sarah, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Uh, if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be provided, right? I am going to guess if you took a poll of all of your audience, Every single one who has lived in this country for a while and has had access to popular culture, really, and is relatively English proficient, could have and probably did fill in those blanks with you. Yeah. Okay. I'm now going to ask everyone to try and do exercise. Don't do this one, Sarah, because you know the answers. Okay. All right. You are a victim of crime. Tell me one right you have in law. I'm going to guess there's a resounding silence. Um, Radio silence. So the first and best thing that we in community can do is understand that victims have rights and then go find out what rights exist in your state. And you can find those all the big ones on our website. So we, you can find them by state. You can just look and see. And the reason that matters is when a survivor comes to you and, and says, you know, I've been victimized. I don't know right? We all need to be trauma-informed and hold that space with the survivor. But we also need to say, if you're choosing to access the criminal justice system, you do have some rights. Here they are. Let's get you to someone who can help you with them more. But if, if everyone knew their victim's rights, as well as we know the accused rights, it'd be a really different system. Wow. I mean, that's a huge aha moment. Can you say that last sentence again? If everyone knew if everyone knew victims' rights as well as we know the accused's rights, it would be an incredibly different system. I mean, that's it. That's it. And the question then is why don't we? <laughs> why don't we? And and that's there's probably a lot of reasons for that, dozens of reasons for that. Um, but the tide, I think, is changing. 
because survivors are getting voices. Survivors are becoming educated about how this all works. And people like you are there to meet them when they need help. Yeah. I think there is no doubt that the tide is changing. And I also Mm -hmm. think there's no doubt it's because survivors have um, lent the rest of us their voice, right? They've lent us their power. And now it's our job to step back up and be the ones that actually go back to carrying water for survivors. Um, It shouldn't be on the survivors to do it. It should be on the rest of us. Yep. I love that. And we're talking about victims of all crimes. We're not just talking about sexual abuse. You know, that tends to be a topic we cover extensively on this show, but we're talking about all crimes right now. And and that applies to almost everybody is going to know somebody who has been victimized in some way. So, so what you just said, getting educated about our rights, um, is, is step number one in terms of, you know, the political landscape, you know, are there things, you know, I work hard. We talked about earlier in terms of statutes of limitations. Are there ways community members can get involved in that way? What are we looking at in terms of victims' rights in that landscape? Yeah, um, I will actually, your audience will be the first to hear about an initiative that, that we are putting out, which is an Ask for Rights initiative, where we are going to be working nationally um, with communities to say, what are the rights in your state? Ask for them in court if you already have them. And if you don't, ask for them at your legislature. So we are really focused in the end of 2021, beginning of 2022 on an Ask for Rights campaign. Everyone in this country can get involved by learning the rights in their jurisdiction, their state, and then we're going to look at them. If they're not as strong as they need to be to help victims on their path to becoming survivors and thrivers, we're going to then go to legislatures and say, give us, give us rights. Um, and there are so many opportunities for this from statutes of limitations to quite honestly, some basic funding moments, victim services in this country are severely underfunded mm-hmm. to, to also making sure that survivors of all crimes can choose whether to go by their real name or not. There's no reason that victims' names need to be in the newspaper every day if they don't want them there. So there's just, there's so much opportunity And starting at the end of next week at our national conference, we're actually going to launch the Ask for Rights campaign. But I'm telling you all for the first time, the first time I've said the words publicly. Woo! We are so lucky. I love that. Thank you, Meg. That's amazing. Tell us about the conference next week. Yeah, so um, the November 11th through 13th, we are holding a conference in Portland, Oregon. And Sarah, I'm so excited you will be there speaking. Um, It is a two and a half day conference. There is in-person and virtual options. So you can can get to our website and find out more about the virtual options. But it's um, going to be a gathering of victims' rights attorneys, advocates, survivors, allied professionals coming together to really think forward about how do we do victims' rights better? How do we make criminal justice and all our justice systems better for survivors? Um, so it's a really exciting. We host it every year. And uh, this year, we'll actually be starting on Veterans Day. So we're going to honor the veterans who will be with us and who will, who will not be with us as well. Um, but I'm very excited. I love that. So give us your website one more time, Meg, so all of these lovely listeners can find you. 
Absolutely. NCVLI.org. So National Crime Victim Law Institute.org. That's amazing. And you guys are on Twitter, you're on Instagram. Um, and of course, you can find links to the Institute through my social media. And as Meg said, I will be there live in person next week, getting to give Meg a big hug and thank her for the incredible work that she is doing on behalf of victims. I'm so Happy to have had you here today, Meg. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And we hope you come back and visit and give us updates on everything that you're working on. Thanks, Sarah. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.